Welcome back to another episode of George in the Jungle. I'm Aaron Smith, joined as always by the one and only legend himself, George Vogel. And this show is brought to you by Remington Tavern. Uh, Remington Tavern can be found at 8892 Glendale Milford Road, 45140. They have daily happy hours from 3 to 7 p.m., $5 Woodford Wednesdays. That's tomorrow for all of you who can't keep track. And uh, they can be found on Instagram at RemyTav, R-E-M-I-T-A-V, Cincy with a Y, or you can find them and follow them on Facebook. George, it has been a wild and crazy night. A game yeah. that the Bearcats were down by as many as 11, I believe. And they storm back, take it to overtime, and come out victorious at home in front of a fifth third arena that included yourself in attendance and win 81-77 covering whether you caught it at two and a half or three and a half, caught they, they covered that spread miraculously. It was miraculously, miraculously winning the game, actually, the way that started. But I'll I tell you, first of all, just the atmosphere and everything, it was crazy. It was crazy. And at the beginning, it was the usual late arriving crowd. But about the time tip-off happened, I'm like, man, there's still a lot of empty seats. And not just the empty seats down low by the – the uh, Champions Club on that side, because those people are always up there grabbing their free food and drinks, but uh, <laughs> the upper deck, and it filled in, and that was a tremendous environment tonight, just tremendous. And my biggest takeaway is that early in this season, I questioned the heart of this team. I really did. You know, after Dayton and Xavier and some of the things we saw, I questioned the heart of this team. I didn't know if they had the stones to do what they needed to do to compete night in and night out in the Big 12. And after that performance tonight, I won't even begin to question that. That was a gutted out, um, live and die every possession game. And boy, the, the further it got into the game, it seemed like the harder those kids were playing. And, and both both teams played their butts off. That was a tremendous college basketball game for the regular season. And I'm telling you, I never thought UC would ever see the days they had in the Big East when that started and, and how great that conference was. Look at these games that they've had so far in the Big 12 this year. And every one of them has been a flat-out brawl down to the final freaking buzzer. And tonight was the same way. It, it was tremendous. And, whew, you talk about getting your money's worth on these tickets. Um, I'm getting my money's worth. And, and it's funny. And I see these comments, and I'm just laughing so hard because everything I see down this list of comments is stuff I was thinking you know, Day-Day Thomas starts out that game and looks like a, a he, he was terrible early in that game. And down the stretch, he was unbelievable in that game. I mean, he really, really made some great plays, and his defense was amazing. And, you know, John Newman missed some free throws again that mattered and then was able to, to make up for that in overtime. And it's just, wow, 
uh, it it, uh, it takes your breath away when you're in a game like that and the crowd's into it like that and the crowd was on its feet a lot and probably made a difference in the outcome of this game. It, it was, uh, you know, if, if you wondered if big-time basketball is back in Cincinnati, um, it's back at Fifth Third Arena for sure. That was big-time, big-time basketball tonight. Yeah, the announcers, the announcers on the broadcast made mention of the crowd several different times throughout the broadcast as to they hadn't been to an arena that had been that loud in some time. Uh, me, I'm always, I'm always watching to see if the red sweater crowd down in that lower bowl is on their feet, and it seemed like there were quite a few times they were on their feet tonight. So my hat goes off to them tonight. We appreciate you, lower bowl red sweater crowd, for getting into the game. How could you That's not, right. for that matter? Um, but it did end up with the fans rushing the court. When was the last time we saw a, the, a crowd at yeah, Fifth Third Arena? I don't know. In fact, the announcer said they didn't know either, that they couldn't remember. And uh, it was funny because the people with me were like, oh, man, I mean, yeah, they beat a ranked team, and it's the first Big 12 win at home and that kind of stuff. Like, um, do we need to be rushing the court? And it's kind of like, I liked it because I watched the TCU game before the UC Baylor game the other night, and the TCU fans rushed to court on that one. And I remember seeing the Baylor players having to walk through <laughs> the fans and get, and you're hoping nothing happens crazy. And then I'm watching the TCU players think about that. They just had their people storm the court Saturday. And now here they are on Tuesday night. And they're walking through opposing fans storming the court. I'm like, they just got a taste of what Houston got Saturday night. It's it, it's funny how quickly that stuff comes around to to you know make you see the other side of it. But it, it was just, and, and you're right, the 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 so-called red sweater crowd, um, they were on their feet a lot. And I would look, and where I have a seat, I don't have any people in front of me, so. I'm never sure if I should, you know, stand or not. You know, I, I stand when I think I should. And I look, and it's like everybody all the way up that upper deck was standing uh, for a lot of overtime, a lot of the second half, you know, when it got close down the stretch. And I just kept sitting there thinking, my God, I'm getting every dollar's worth for these tickets. Um, it, it was tremendous. I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And by God, I can't wait for Saturday against Oklahoma. And that, that was – tonight was such a must win because, you know, you don't want to lose this and then really put yourself behind the eight ball when Oklahoma right. comes in because that would be – and it's too early for must wins and all that. But you don't want to drop both of these home games. And they're ranked teams. And, you know, it's not easy to win those. And it, it's almost expecting, you know, yeah, you could win them both. You gotta win one, and they at least have ensured they're gonna win one of them. But my God, this Big 12 conference. I knew it was good, but what I've seen in these first, what are we, four games in? Give games me in, two and two. Break. Yeah. It is crazy. And these kids <laughs> are good. They compete. Um, my God, those TCU players made some shots early in the game they couldn't miss. We saw that. And I thought yeah. the been stunk early in the game. I don't know what goes on early in the game with this team, and and I think that's something we've talked about it before. 
somehow they got to kind of figure that out. Um, because, you know, TCU had like 23 points in the first four and a half minutes of that game. I, I saw, uh, I, I remember I told the guy next to me, I'm like, at this point, they're going to score 100 by halftime. That's the pace they were on. Well, and, TCU, just to interrupt you real quick, TCU also had turned the Bearcats over five times before the Bearcats even had turned over TCU. They, they finally got one, and the Bearcats yeah. already had five at that point. I mean, that's – none of it was – it was all sloppy. Yeah, it was, it, it was bad. And, and, you know, I mean, I think Day-Day had two or three turnovers early in that game. I know he had at least two early. Well, he only finished with three, so. Yeah, no, he, he completely turned his game around. Yeah. And that kid's energy and defense and, and, and you know, um, didn't finish everything. The one time he, I don't know how he missed that one, but I, that stuff happened at both ends. Um, the refs drove me nuts again, and I'm usually not a guy that complains about the refs, but this crew tonight, um, it's funny, I walk out. And there's two TCU fans walking out, which I never saw one TCU fan there the entire night until I'm walking <laughs> out. And there's a dude in a purple hat. And I'm like, is that a TCU hat? Like, see, on the back, you know, it was like go frogs or something. And and then his wife or girlfriend's with him. Maybe it was a sister. I don't know. But it was a woman. Um, she's got on some purple. And I'm like, okay. Um I just told him, I go, my God, that was a heck of a game. I mean, what a game. And what's the TCU fan say? Those refs have got to go. And it's like, so both fan bases were kind of hacked off. And, and look, in overtime, there was that one long review, and you got skillings at the line. And it's like you're icing the dude, even though maybe you don't have to. Um, but it, it was just like, come on, figure it the freak out. And get this game going. I, I just, um, I, I don't like to bitch about refs. I really don't. But I, I, I am complaining about that crew because that's not the first time they've been at Fifth Third Arena, and they got to get their act together. Well, that sequence where Dan is shooting a free throw, and then the refs go back to the video monitor and yeah. essentially ice the free throw shooter to right. go try and and figure out the timing on the clock. What the, what the hell are we doing at that point? Exactly. I have no idea. I've never seen refs go in between free throw shots to go review the clock and make sure that the clock is right and then add on more time. Like the whole, all of that entire sequence was one of the strangest things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it was not. Some people at the arena were like, what in the world is going on? What are they looking at? And it just went on and on. And 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 that's not the way it should be. I mean, they, they got to fix that. These This crew's got to get their heads out of their rear ends and figure this out because i'm telling you as i said it's not the first time i've seen this crew and it's not the first time they've had issues and i i don't know i i just wish they'd fire that whole crew and and start over because they, they just haven't i mean seriously you gotta hold these people accountable they're running the game and this stuff's going on and it just they 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 have uh, they've got to do better than what these guys have done since I've been watching this season and seen this crew. But, you know, I hate to complain about that. And if you see it lost, I, you, you don't blame it on the refs. I, I'm sitting there, I'm kind of a doomsday guy, and I kind of, maybe I give up too early and I don't have much of a heart, I don't know, but I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, if you see loses this game, 
you know, I, I can't pin it all on the refs. I'm going to pin it on the first five minutes of that ball game, the way UC came out and went down, I believe, double digits in the, in the first five or six minutes of that game. You, you've got to come out and, and be a little more focused, fired up. I don't know what the word is, but my God, they were terrible the first five, six minutes. In fact, I, I, saw, I saw our buddy Kerry Hoffman at halftime and, he, and we were talking about those first few minutes and and he's like yeah they were on a pace to score 180 in the game or whatever and he goes but after the first five or six minutes they gave up like nine points the rest of the way in that first half i mean they really tightened it up and when you see that happen you got to give west miller a lot of credit for that you got to give him a ton of credit for somehow setting them straight getting that defense going and they they did get that defense going in that first half to stem the title a little bit and allow them to stay in that ball game and have a chance to win yeah i'm showing the largest lead uh in the first was at the seven and a half minute mark it was 29 18 and that lead was 11 points so at least uh, according to the stats i have here so um i don't know it was a wild and crazy game. It featured a, a couple legacies in Jameer Nelson Jr., who's a dog. That oh, my God. When I saw his name on the roster, I saw Jameer Nelson. I'm like, no way. Oh, yeah, it's him. I remember his daddy, and he was so good. God, playing for Phil Martelli at St. Joe's. I mean, my God, that kid was a – he played what? He played more than 10 years in the NBA, I believe. He He's – and, and that kid is a player. He is, oh, a you know, what a what a player. The the but these, I, well, the talent, basketball talent is. There's so many good players in the country, and it's just off the charts how good these kids are. And win or lose, and and this is rationalizing when when you know if UC would have lost this game. But my God, I saw some great plays in that game and some great talent and just kids going at it. I enjoy that so much. Um, I just love sitting there and watching these kids play. They, I tell you, both teams left it all out there tonight, and, and this is just the beginning of conference play. We're four games in, and the fact that we're going to get a steady diet of this is very exciting. And, you know, you you. You thought after the non-conference, it's like, God dang, they're going to really have to do something to uh, be tournament tournament worthy. They're off to a decent start. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Jameer Nelson, fourteen years in the league, it looks like um, from wow. 04 to 04 to uh, twenty eighteen. Uh, he now is the head coach at uh, for the, for the Delaware Blue Coats of the NBA G League. Oh wow. I think I saw him in the NCAA tournament out in San Diego once, I believe. I think UC was out there, and and I don't think they were doing pods back then. I think they may have been like, you know, they had a couple of different brackets of, of regions, but uh, I think they were out there. I, I think that's where I saw him. Um, that's also where I saw Bill Walton, and I felt so bad because he could hardly walk. Uh, oh my God, that was one. I mean, he had so many things with his legs and feet. Uh, but but yeah, I think I got a chance to see him. I think that's where it was. 
And uh, yeah, he was playing for Phil Martelli. And I believe that's where it was, was out in San Diego. Just tremendous player. If you remember those St. Joe's teams back then. Hell, one year, I think they got through the regular season undefeated before they got to the tournament, if I remember correctly. And I, I, I would be shocked if that wasn't one of Jameer Nelson's teams. Uh, the other legacy player for uh, TCU is Chuck O'Bannon, uh, Charles O'Bannon's. Oh, wow. I remember Charles, him too. What Charles number was Chuck? I mean, I'm, I'm – He only played I, two I minutes. And sometimes these numbers run together. I believe he was the guy who had, like, the pigtail braids. Okay. I love that kid's hairdo. when They, when I, he, I, they introduced him, and it kind of had, like, a Rayvon Griffith look to his hair. Uh, oh my God, I love that kind of that hairstyle's hilarious. I love it. Um, my man, TCU, they got some players and they got a coach. Jamie Dixon's been doing it for a long time. He knows how to win games, he knows how to coach defense. And uh, boy, they put on a show tonight. It, it's a good, good win to beat them at home. I mean, what they do last week, they beat Houston and they beat Oklahoma, right? They're coming off those, those are big wins. And right. you got him tonight. That, that's a damn good win. And Trey, uh, Trey Tennyson, fantastic shooter. Oh, God. Bonkers going five of eight on the night. I was oh. terrified that he was going to be the one to kill us. Um, he tried. He did. He, he, he oh. most certainly did. Uh, but I don't know where they're – I don't know where on this team that they're really lacking anything, TCU. Uh, they, I felt like they just top to bottom, one through five. Uh, they don't have a ton of, of bench depth, I guess. Maybe right. they're not on them. Um, as the only guys playing any significant numbers were uh, Jameer Nelson and uh, Jacoby Coles. Uh, outside of that, uh, nobody topped nine minutes uh, from the bench. They hit the boards but, good, too. And, the, and that, that sequence late in the game, when you see couldn't get a darn rebound and, and TCU kept, you know, it was all. It felt like two straight possessions. They yeah, got TCU. rebounds and, and were able to get putbacks, and it, it was that was a critical point in the game. And that's when I sat there and I thought, "This ain't going to happen for the Bears." Right. Yeah, TCU finishes uh, with forty-one rebounds on the night compared to Cincinnati's thirty-five. Uh, the big difference there, though, is Cincinnati had nine offensive rebounds, and TCU finished with eighteen. Um. They had 18 offensive rebounds. They had 18 offensive rebounds. And I Holy guarantee God, you. I that's, it was a lot, but God, I didn't know it was that many. Holy crap. That's going to be something that Wes just probably pounds on <laughs> hey, as they break down film. Coach always wants something to beat his team up for. Man. He can beat them up for the early part of that game, but he can really beat them up with that stat. Holy God. Yeah, you can't let that. Uh, some of the stats though, for the Bearcats up on free throw shooting too. By the way, some of the stats, <laughs> some of the stats issues there too. But my God, finally late in the game, thank God, uh, UC was able to make the free throws uh, for the most part when it counted. Um, but yeah, man. a redemption story for John Newman after missing the free throws in an opportunity to win the game against Texas. He gets to make the free throws tonight against Texas Christian. Yeah. Well, that kid played a hell of a game. Wasn't perfect, but my God, you don't have to worry about him leaving anything in the tank. He he gives it all and, and it's fun to watch. And and uh 
I'm glad the Bearcats have him. He's a dog. Uh, some other stats that are jumping off the page for me, though. Uh, the Bearcats, I, I believe this is the most assists they've had in a game, certainly in conference play, but maybe maybe all year. Uh, 17 assists in a game for the Bearcats. That's good. Uh, led by Day-Day with six. Uh, and he's not generally a pass-first guy, as, right. as we've come to find out. Uh, and Jizzle was number two at four. And I don't know that they've combined for 10 assists ever. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Let me ask you this. When 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 Vic launched that first three and missed it, could you believe he reloaded again a few possessions later and knocked it down? <laughs> if, if the guy two seats next to me could have screamed any louder, no. Uh, my ear's still ringing for that. And he drops it. And I just gave him the two V's for Victor. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I, I did not want him shooting that second one. I, oh, I, I did. I no. yelled at my TV and it I goes in. Did it. And, and Rachel's sitting there watching the game with me. And she said, does he even have that shot in his bag? And I'm like, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, I, you know, I'll, I'll take it. But that shows the faith, and I, I I don't know if that was the shot they wanted, but they had him out there again, and and whoo boy, that took some kahunas to throw that thing up there. If you're Victor Locken, but he, yeah. he got it to go. Well, he drained it, but that that was a big big shot in that game. But they all were when it goes to overtime, and you win like you like they did. That that's a thing. Like every we always pay attention to the end of the game. But those possessions at the beginning of the game matter too. You know, it's yeah. like that's why I'm sitting there saying, "Yeah, I don't like these refs, and I don't like the game they called." And as I said, I, I, I don't care if they launch this crew; I'd fire them tomorrow. But um, but you can't blame it on that because of how poorly UC started the game. And if they'd lost that game, I would have gone back to that and said, "That's where they lost it." Yeah, it was. I don't know. I had, I know I brought up that stat where TCU had turned over Cincinnati five times before Cincinnati had turned them over once, but TCU yeah. finishes, TCU finished with, uh, I believe, 19 turnovers on the game. Wow. Yeah, 19, and Cincinnati only finished with 15. So the, nice. Cincinnati well, certainly cleaned it up. That's too many, but, but, but when you turn them over 19, and, and, and TCU, we knew they're a team that, you know, can turn people over. They, yeah, they were averaging 16 coming into this game. God, yeah, that's that's a good team. You give you give that coaching staff and Jamie Dixon a lot of credit for that because, um, you know, he's always had that kind of calling card and has done a great job. And uh, you know, could have been at UCLA if he didn't have such a big buyout. But uh, that that was the domino that didn't fall that led to to Mick being out there. Sure. Um, anything else? On this game, where that that really stood out to you? I mean, you were you were down there. Uh, I was. Got, uh, oh, the only time I got up was go to the bathroom and get a beer, and I was exhausted at the end of this thing. I'll tell you that <laughs> I was exhausted. It was so much fun. It, it was just wow. The energy in there, it was amazing, and it sure as hell wasn't that way the first ten minutes of that game. But man. Once they got that game down, I, it was just so much fun. And I, I'm just so grateful to uh, 
see them playing in this conference and having these big time athletes come in and play. And quite honestly, I can't wait till Saturday when Oklahoma rolls in. It's going to be the same thing again. And man, it's my my buddy's like, well, because I said this to them. I'm like, my God, I, I I can't believe we're in another one of these games in the Big 12, and it seems like every game is like this. And it's better than I thought it was going to be. And I go, this is so much better than, than what we saw the last several years in the American. And I don't want to degrade the American. They were great for UC. But, you know, but, but and my friend's like, well, if this was East Carolina, they'd probably only be up two then on them too. And it's like, yeah, but it's a different up two because UC would be playing crappy and they're barely, you know, they're barely beating a team that's not very good. It's not the same energy. It's not, you know, it's just different when you are at this level and, and having these, these teams come in. Um, and I knew this was a good basketball conference, but what I've seen in the first four games and other games I've watched on the side, you know, I mean, TCU, for God's sakes, beat Houston Saturday night in a tremendous game, and Houston is damn Damn good. I mean, you know, Kelvin Sampson's done it again, and they're going to be a tough beat for anybody in this conference, but TCU did it. And I think there's only one team without a loss now in the conference, and, you know, it's early on. It's just like you're going into that ring and you're taking punches every night no matter who you are, and, God, I welcome it. It's so much fun. If you're not yeah, going to the games, people – you got to find a way to go because it has been tremendous and get there before game, before game time, before tip off, because it's still happy hour. You can get those Cincy lights half off there you Five go. for a big one. Oh yeah. 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 You, you walk into that arena and you go right to the beer guy and get two Cincy lights. It's 10 bucks plus tax. Not bad. And please um, always tip your bartender. Yeah. Texas Tech is the only undefeated team currently at three and O still. Um, they were, they did not play tonight. They play uh, Houston tomorrow at recently. Who did I see them play? They play Houston tomorrow at Houston. Um, oh my Saturday. God, that's must see TV there. Pretty much. Uh, that'll be on ESPNU uh, at nine o'clock. Houston favored by eleven and a half in that one. Good. That gives me something to do later tomorrow night. I love it. Um, Baylor actually lost tonight in overtime as well uh, to Kansas State while we're talking about this. Uh, BYU is currently up 74-59 over Iowa State, um, both of them being ranked at 20 and 24 respectively. Um, and then Kansas is up 20 on Oklahoma State just for our glance around the conference. Oh, okay. Oklahoma State's struggling. Yeah. I don't believe they have a win currently in the – Oh, God, i got to figure out. Are you going to that Kansas game next week? Are you part of that? No, I am not. I'm not. i got a chance to go. I got. I think I've got it all ironed out now. But i got to talk to, you know. Yep. I'll come home with some roses tomorrow, and I'll be on that trip. Um, I got to talk to Chad about that, but I, I'm I, I'm so stoked to go. And you know what? The other night when I was talking to Chad about it, and it's like, okay, I got to look at tickets. I saw like some secondary market tickets 
and and there was a ticket on there for like twenty bucks. It may have been less than that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is going to work. Um, so if I can get the time to do it and 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 make it happen, I'm gonna, I'm going to be in that Bearcat Journal van and buck up and go and uh, you know see a game at the fall. Uh, real quick, thank you to Tonk TC. Who imagine how good this team could be if we shot over fifty percent free throws and didn't turn the ball over sixteen plus <laughs> times a game? Well, I got news for you, Tonk. They only had they only had fifteen turnovers tonight, and they did <laughs> shoot over fifty percent thanks to John Newman. They shot fifty two point four percent tonight, Tonk, and they did win. <laughs> but I don't get the free throw thing, man. I, I, I'm I'm tired of missed free throws, and and. When they were losing, it was probably after Newman bricked the two, and I feel so bad for the kid. But I'm like, here's what I do tomorrow. You you run suicides, and then you throw them on the line. you got to make five in a row. If you don't, you run the suicide again, and you make five. I mean, they've got to fix this. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's mental. I, I don't know. But even the, the, the decent shooters are missing these things. And – that's something you got to figure out. I think did did Aziz make both, or did he just make the front end and then miss? Because uh, they were really struggling then, but TCU struggled as well. But man, you have got to make those free throws, and and as we know, that's cost them a game or two. Um, Aziz was two and four. He hit he hit um, a one and one earlier, and then he did he, he missed two more later on. I mean, you sit there and you're like, I hope, I hope you see's not in the bonus. I would rather have the ball out of bounds. I, I don't want that. That's how gun shy I am watching. I was miss these free throws. I was certain in that last possession that they were that TC was going to foul Cincinnati as opposed to letting them run a play. That's yeah. what I would have done it if I yeah. was Jamie Dixon. That's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. I, I would not have uh, let them I, shoot. Or, or run a play. I would have fouled them and put them at the line and let them try and win at the line because I I, I, I can't argue with that. And, you know, that, that wouldn't be the first time that's happened. Not just sure. the team, the other teams. Yeah, you you do that. You know, it's like the old hack-a-shack thing back in the day. I mean, that, that's, that's whatever you got to do to win, you do it. And if you got to put them on the line and make them make them and make them convert and you got a team that can't do it, in fairness, TCU, baby, put them on there. Pressure on them. TCU was six of twelve from the free throw line themselves. Uh, not not a great night from the from the line there for them. That was not a free throw shooting clinic tonight, and it, it still it just baffles me that people who play basketball that much and practice that much that free throws are that and and, and I don't want to make excuses, but these dudes. They're playing their butts off and they're dog tired. But what what I don't get is uh, I, I know there was one. Somebody missed a free throw. Then they come back and then they end up hitting a three like a possession later. It's like, how the hell does that happen? Like, how can you stand there with nobody guarding you and you miss the free throw? But then I, I don't know. I, I, I guess these guys are just, you know, it's those rhythm jumpers and stuff they're better at. But you, you yep. got to get this nailed down. Uh, how about this for a, a stat for you, George? Uh, Brent posted this on on the old uh, X. 
But he said, here's a wild Bearcat stat. In each of the last five games, a different player has led the team in scoring. Day-Day Thomas with 21 tonight. Dan Skillings with 24 against Baylor. Seamus Lakosius with 19 against Texas. Victor Locken with 17 versus BYU. And John Newman with 16 versus Evansville. I love a team like that. I'll take that kind of team all day long. I know everyone talks about you got to have the alpha at the end of the game and all that. And th- there's merit in that. There really is. I mean, you got to have a you got to have a guy you can rely on. But it's kind of nice when you can rely on whoever that guy is that night and, and figure that out and to have all those options. Um, I think that's a I think that's a huge positive to have a team like that. And not because I remember the days of SK and well, Mick always had a guy, you know, Jaron Cumberland, guys like that, that you, Jacob Evans, that you had to rely on to get the bucket down the stretch. Well, guess who else knows that? Everyone in the yeah, arena. Everyone in the arena. That's <laughs> on the opposing bench. So it's nice to have it this way. And if they embrace that and keep doing it and sharing the ball, shit. That's a dangerous team right there, man. That is a dangerous team. I like it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Dan Skilling's had a pretty good night tonight. I know I know everyone's been, you know, with Day-Day and, and uh, John kind of leading the way offensively and defensively. Um, Dan Skilling's – I've got to – yeah, I've got to be honest here because um, early in the game – I I go back to what happened on this podcast one night when someone asked about Xavier Dan or Stetson Dan. You know what I'm talking about? Good mm-hmm. Dan. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dear God, I hope it's Stetson Dan tonight. And he started out at Xavier Dan. He really did. But he got it going. He he made some plays and and – after a very suspect start, turned in what I thought was a really good performance. And and the funny thing about him is, well, it's like this whole team. You just you don't have to worry about him uh, playing his butt off. But he he's got to stay in control, and he can't go driving into three guys and then hoping to make something happen. But by that that one time, he threw that ball up like he made a shot like that at Baylor the other night. I thought it was going to go in. I, I didn't mind that play. He missed the shot. I thought it was going in. Um, but I, I I love that kid. I mean, and, and he's got this wingspan. He's like Inspector Gadget sometime. He he, he corralled corral this one rebound that just I, I couldn't believe it. It's like the ball's bouncing away from him, and his arm goes like twice as far as you would think and corrals it in. Uh, he's fun to watch. He can be frustrating at times, but I, I – I give all those kids credit and Thomas too for, you know, a rough start and coming back and playing the way they yeah. did. That, that was big time and, and good players, man. Uh, Wes has got him. He's got something going on here. And I think uh, they're, they're really what I hoped when what we saw in December with, with some bad games and some uneven performances was it was like, a lot of coaches used to do in the past and they're playing all these different combinations and stuff and they didn't mind losing games until conference started and that your team got better as the season progressed. I feel like this team's getting better 
as this season progresses. In fact, I feel like they've gotten a lot better in the last three weeks. I defensively, they they're night and day from what they were. Yeah, thank God, because that's what Wes he came in preaching defense. And all and I'm like, where in the H is this defense? Uh, we're seeing it, especially when they have to sit down and guard, and it's a key possession. They make it tough. And TCU, oh, my God, that one three that kid made, guarded three from way out, and then that other one he shot. Oh yeah, the, that was the Trey uh, – what was his name? Trey Tenneman? Tennyson. Trey Tennyson. He was tough. Yeah. That kid can shoot it. Uh, last couple things here on the game. Um, these are some of the quotes that Keegan had posted. I didn't have a chance yet to listen to the post-game presser from Wes, but these are some of the quotes that uh, Keegan had posted on X. Uh, he said, uh, I thought John Newman was incredible tonight on both ends. I thought that was Day-Day Thomas's best game in league play. I was not impressed with how we started the game. I was pissed, frankly. This team has been great with effort and energy. That surprised me. We've got two rookie point guards. That's what it is. They are about everything Cincinnati is about. They are the right guys. And we got to get to the point we don't miss layups. We had a lot of those tonight. Uh, one last one. He's been a key to us improving as a defensive team, not just as a guy that is good on defense, but a guy you can rely on. And he's talking there about Josh Reed. Oh, my God. Josh Reed. Talk about a kid that stuck with it. Um, my son's a big Josh Reed fan and has been since he – I didn't see it last year. I really didn't. I felt like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to look. I just felt like he was probably in over his head a little bit, and he played that way. Um, he's an asset now. He has turned himself, and I, and the coaches were always big on him. They see him every day. I don't. They, you know, they recruited him. They know what he can do. I didn't see it in the games. I just didn't see how he was going to help this team this year. He's helped this team this year. And in fact, now uh, it's to the point where tonight I'm like, well, where's Josh Reed? He's been on the bench too long and they need him in there. He does everything well. He's one of those guys. Um, and He doesn't do anything great, but he does everything well. And he doesn't. He does not hurt you, and then when he's in the rhythm and stuff, he really helps you. I, I'm I'm really becoming a big Josh Reed fan because he doesn't get out of position. He rebounds. He usually doesn't turn it over or make some crappy, stinking lob pass or whatever. And I'm telling you, <laughs> God dang it, that first half when they did those lobs and 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 someone lobbed one in, hell. It didn't even – nobody even caught the ball. They lobbed it out of bat. We're doing the lobs unless it's really, really there. And then I say that, and in the second half, they had a couple nice lobs for dunks. But, I mean, it drives me nuts that you're throwing over the top of the defense and, and you've got to do it when it's there and you can – it's not always – it just felt like it was forced to me these freaking lobs inside. But but back to Josh Reed, he's made me a believer, and I wasn't at the beginning of the year at all. And uh, I kind of like his shot, too, because that baby is a rainbow. It goes up, 
it brings rain and it's yep. a beautiful thing when it goes right through the net. It is that. Um, I don't, I'm sure Chad will get here at some point tonight and, and I'll have to do more on the Bearcats, but I don't know if I have any more without going to, to the Chad well. So, um, yeah, don't do that. Don't go to the Chad well. <laughs> no, I, I just mean he usually steers the, those conversations right. uh, with a, a different perspective that he has up there in that corner. So, you know, he's um, right below me. I know. We, we discussed that last week. Yeah. I'm nice. Um, I don't throw stuff at him. That's what you said. You said you wanted to throw him a beer, but. Yeah, I tried to send him a beer, but he, he's, he's yeah. working. <laughs> but I did the same thing. When I was actually had a job, I didn't drink on the job either. Once once they changed the rules for media and, and drinking at, at sports venues, right? Oh my God! Yeah, bad, yeah. I wasn't. I, 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 I was working, but you know how many times I went to UC games, and I'm going to say it, X games with a media pass, but I I was off. But they would they would you would get beer. You could take beer to press row. You could take beer. Hell, the Bengals and Reds used to do it, but that those days are long gone. <laughs> that disappeared about 20 years ago or maybe a little more and it's funny we used to uh i remember my friend jeff picoro and i would go to these uc games on our off nights and i'd see him there and we would do remember the old nba thing when they had these fouls and it was three to make two like the, when you were in the bonus and you had a shooting foul you would get three free throws to make two there was a weird rule in the NBA. Well, we no, I don't. When, when, I would go up, and this lady, you were only allowed to get three beers at this booth. This lady would give me three beers. I'd bring them back, and me and Pecora would split them, and we'd call that three to make two. Because we had <laughs> That's a true story. That is a true story. And every now and then, Every now and, and I, I, you know, I used to see Jeff all the time when he was working up here in Cincinnati. He's down in Lexington now, but but when he and I will go out and have some beers or something, he'll be like, "Is it three to make two? We still bring that up. Oh my God, we had a lot of fun. That was not just back in the '60s. That had to be <laughs> maybe. When did they get rid of that rule, Steve Ross? I want you to look that up. But that. If it was back in the 60s, holy God, I'm older than I thought I was. Is that when the Cincinnati Royals was, were still here and in you town? You know what? He may be right now that I think about it. That could have been back. Holy God, how do I remember that? I remember the first time I went to a Cincinnati Royals game, and I went with a neighborhood kid, and we sit down, and the, the dad had a buddy with him, and we had great seats, courtside seats. And, and they're playing the uh, what was back then was the Baltimore Bullets. And uh, Wes Unsell, I think, was on that team. And so we go and sit down at the Royals game in the Cincinnati Gardens. And we had a couple of Cokes. And the dad and his buddy had a couple of beers. Well, my friend, they're like in the sixth grade, sees the foam on the beer. It looked like a milkshake. And he looks at his dad and goes, Hey, why didn't we get milkshakes? And I'm like, hey, geez, those aren't milkshakes, buddy. That's an adult beverage. Geese finally figured that out. They hadn't quit drinking them since. 
Geez has had a lot of milkshakes over the years. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, switching gears here, uh, the NFL playoffs are upon us, and the Philadelphia Eagles lose to Baker Mayfield last night, and the Cincinnati Bearcats' very own Jason Kelsey has allegedly had conversations with his teammates where he has informed them that he will be retiring. Yeah. Going going down as perhaps the best center to ever do it at this point. Unbelievable career. Unbelievable. And uh, I think he was a fifth-round pick for the Eagles, if I remember right. Back when he came out of UC, that's off the top of my head. I, I hope like hell um, I'm right about that. Um, but I, I, I six remember sixth round, sixth round. God dang it. Freaking memories failing me tonight. Um, but so interesting story. I mean, I'm so happy for him and I've always been happy for him. Everything he's achieved, he's done it with hard work and, and, and done it the right way because that is, I mean, you talk about a dude that can grind and do it. And I mean, that guy eats class. I mean, he's unbelievable what he's done and, and what he's done with the Eagles the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, and and was such a good leader for that team. I mean, just a an incredible, incredible leader. And I remember him and, and when when he had his senior season. And, you know, I'm working for WLWT and I'm looking for stories of stuff. And it's like, uh, what's Jason Kelly do, uh, Kelsey doing to get ready for the draft? And they're like, well, he's working out at Ignition and he's going to get to go. He, I think he was the only UC player that year that went to the Combine. He, he's up there working out, getting ready for the Combine. And so it's like we, we arranged to go up and meet him there. And me and the photographer go up. I'm not going to say who the photographer was. I love him to death, and he's never made mistakes. But we go up, and Jason's up there working out by himself. I mean, he's hitting it hard. He's doing working his butt off on these weights and these other drills. We're there. We get video of him. We sit him down for an interview. Great interview. He was just, just awesome. And... Then we're getting ready to leave, and my photographer's like, holy crap, the battery died in the mic, and I don't know it. I, I, I didn't know it, and I don't have any of the interview. And Jason's getting back into his stuff, and I'm like, oh, man. You've got to be kidding me that you lost an interview with Jason Kelsey, and Chad has also lost an interview with Jason yeah. Kelsey. Well, I go back to Jason. I'm like, holy shit, this guy – is going to drop kick me from here to there. And he was tremendous with, with us. He was nice as could be. I'm like, Jason, I don't, I, I am so sorry, but our interview didn't take. And can we do it again? Yeah, sure. No problem. He couldn't have been nicer. He, he told us so many good stories and just, so I've always been like really, really, really interested in his career and pulling for him. Because I'll be honest, um, nobody around here, we, we knew he was a grinder, but no one knew how that was going to translate to the next level and that he was going to be the all-pro player he's become and going to sure. be a first ballot Hall of Famer he should be. He's got to be, right? I would think he's so. I mean, be. 
He's got to be a Hall of Famer. And, and no did. one was predicting that when you're drafted in the sixth round. I do know when uh, – hey, Chad. We did an hour and a half, me and Tim, with Jason. And as soon as I hit stop, the file corrupted, and it was all gone. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, I'm sorry. Like, I got to go. I got like, I'm sorry, man. And I'm like well, – well, Mine was only about 15 minutes. An hour and a half. Oh, my God. When was this? When he was at UC? No, this was when he was with the Eagles after he won the Super Bowl. Oh, gee, many Christmas. Yeah. Because I caught him before he was even drafted. Like, this was between – I mean, we did a bunch of stuff with him when he was at UC, but we actually got him on after the Super right. Bowl. Right. He was awesome. Like, it was incredible. And uh, I'll tell you what, yeah. if that dude would have had the time to do it again, he would. He would have absolutely. Yeah, he, he has been. He has he has left it on the table that he will come on the next time that I ask him. Good. He 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 he's a tremendous guy. I love him to death. He wouldn't probably wouldn't remember me. Um, he's had so much happen between then and now. I bet um, he would. But I I I I always that was one of my. Um, that's one of the best interviews I look back on. And even though the first part, it didn't work. And he said, I'll do it again. He had time working out by himself and sweating his butt off. And, and I, I always remembered that and thought, what a good dude. And I pulled for him every step of the way. And, and I didn't have to pull for him. I mean, that dude just got it done. Love the fact he did that. I'll tell you another real quick story about him when he was getting drafted. And after we did that story on him, we had his head coach on, Butch Jones. I don't think Butch will care if I tell this story. And if you remember, Jason had a part-time job bouncing at uh, oh, the place on Shortvine, Bogarts. And he got charged with something like it was some kind of because there were two undercover cops in Bogarts, and somehow they got in a fracas. And uh, Jason has to, he's a bouncer. He's getting them the hell out of there. And pretty much uh, he ended up getting charged for tossing them out of there. So the Eagles come in and they're checking him out. So they go to Butch or the, well, they, they talk to Jason. Then they talk to Butch and they're like, yeah, we talked to him about that episode. We just wanted to make sure we don't want trouble. Maybe, you know, we want to make sure he's a good dude. And, uh, he owned up. He said, this is what happened. It was some undercover cops. There was trouble. I'm the bouncer. I get him out of there. And the Eagles are like, okay, it checked out. The charges were dropped, all that stuff. And then the Eagles asked Jason Kelsey, so who won that fight? And, and Jason goes, oh, I kicked their asses. <laughs> and so the Eagles loved him from that point on. And they told Butch, if that kid's around late, we're drafting him because we love that attitude. And it's so funny. And his charges were dropped. You know, it, it wasn't like he did anything wrong, but I always wondered what happened to those undercover cops because I I can only imagine who, you know, what would I look like if I got in a fight with Jason? First of all, I'm not that dumb. But <laughs> can you imagine that dude, like I said, he eats glass. I have one more great Jason story as well. 
Um, so we were going to have Caleros on uh, right after, I think he had won his second Grey Cup. And he was up here for spring football for a practice. And I saw him and we chopped it up. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be like out with my wife, but I should be able to, to like get away for an hour and come on and do a show with you. So it turns out Zach was going to his wife's sister's house for like, like a, a vacation. Aaron remembers this, I think. And so he calls me and he's like, well, I thought it wasn't going to be a problem, but apparently my wife doesn't want me taking away family time with her sister. Uh, so I, it's the day of, it's like th two hours, three hours before the podcast. We've all we've all been there in those exact situations, but I yeah. certainly remember this. Yeah, without a doubt. So Zach cancels, and I'm kind of in panic mode. This is like three years ago. Like this is recent, recent. Oh wow! And at this time, I don't think Kelsey still believed that I knew Jason. She thought I just like named her after him. So Kelly's with me. We're, I, we're going to Galactic Fried Chicken for dinner. I, I, I promise I'm not making this up. We're I driving. This is like two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. So we're getting off the exit, and I'm like panicking. Who can I call to try to replace Caleros that will understand? And I'm like, well, Zach was Jason. Like th those two are like this. So like oh, I'll God, call yeah. Jason. So I call Jason and he, he fucking answers and which I didn't expect. It's like five o'clock on like a weekday during his, like, you know, during his off season. And I'm like, Hey man, um, I'm in a bind. Calero bailed on me. Is there any way I can get you tonight? And he's like, Chad, I would, but it's my anniversary and I'm in the car with Kylie right now. And if I tell you, yes, she is going to murder me. And I'm sorry, but like any other day, I would have saved you. But uh, today I couldn't. And you can ask Kelsey. It was the first time she ever heard Jason on the phone. And I hung up and she was like, you actually do know him? Oh, like, God, yeah, that's hilarious. She's like, he answered the phone when you called? I'm like, yeah, he hey, did. Hey, Jason? Yeah. When you called him on his anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True story. Verification. Do you remember, I, I, and Chad, you may have been the one that told me who it was, because when he got drafted and he goes and he has his rookie year, we're at the bubble, and I think it's spring ball. And there's a dude there, and then he grew that beard out. Yeah. Year. And then he had this little Pierre hat on, like a, an artist. And he's standing over here, and I'm seeing him from a distance. And I either asked you or Ryan Cosmo, I don't know. I'm like, who's this artist Pierre-looking dude over here? And they're like, oh, it's Jason Kelsey. And he, he looked like a guy you'd see in a coffee shop. Doing a <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm like, there is no way. That's him. And then how about the guy? How about the story? Like he and Calaris and Travis and Wolf lived in the yeah. same house. Those four. Yeah. Look at the rings they have. That like, like, look at the rings. You know, that's one, two, three, four Super Bowl rings and two. And I think, I like think it. Barwin. I think Barwin was there oh, yeah. too. He been there too. I think it was all five of them. Oh my God, that guy. You talk about a funny. Oh. My God. Barham was hilarious. 
Oh my God, he was. He won't remember, but he started. He heard someone call me Gramps one time at practice, and he always called me that. Um, that's kind of a nickname for my close friends is Gramps. And oh my God, he, he looks and he goes Gramps. I'm like, yeah, some people call me that, and that's all he ever called me after that. Hey Gramps, hey Gramps. It's like, gee whiz. And back then, it really wasn't a grandpa, but I can't deny it now. Those guys were the best, man. Like, we, we used to do video segments with them interviewing each other. Oh, yeah, I remember those. They were, they so, were so much fun. God, they were a blast. They were, they, they were just characters. Freaking characters. And still are. And legends now. Oh, my God. I was it's so sad like, last I'm night. Sorry. I should have seen that coming. I was praying to God Derek Wolf would be a good NFL player. And, oh, my God, what he's done. He was so good. Um, and, Crazy I mean, for God's sakes, Travis, I didn't even think he was going to make it out of UC for a while. <laughs> he didn't either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. God, that that was just crazy. You, you, look, that was a good team. Those were good grinding out football players, and they were tough as nails. But you just didn't know that they were going to do what they did. And God dang. All, I'll tell you what. It's, I was sad last night to see it end. Yeah, totally. But totally. the beauty of it is that guy's just starting. Like, Oh, God, no. There, there, there's a lot of truth to that. He he's going to be in our living wants. rooms for 30 years, 20 he years. Like do whatever he wants. If he doesn't, if he doesn't end up. On somebody's pregame show crew or do it at whatever I'm, I'm telling you, that guy's funny as funny gets and uh, personality and just uh, obviously knows what the hell he's talking about, too. And an awesome human. He's like a renaissance dude to me because I always go back to that, looking at that guy, and I'm like, who in the world is this Pierre looking artist guy? Over oh, down the six three three hundred pound guy oh, with the fedora he on. He had this beard, and it was like it was kind of trimmed nice. And it, 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 he could have been in Paris at a cafe, other than his size. And when they said Jason Kelsey, I just was. I'm like, holy God! I would. I mean, oh my God, that was fun. And I, you know, I just done that story a year earlier or whatever, and I couldn't recognize him with that beard and that. I never, I, I never realized he'd wear a hat like that. The thing that always, like, can you imagine being the parents of those two and now no. the greatest center ever and a top two tight end ever? Coming out of that house? Are you kidding me? And they're, they're both knuckleheads. Like, right. And two guys that weren't highly recruited right. at all. I mean, Jason walked on. Travis came as a quarterback, and then uh, I, I, it's just it, it's. And next, the next thing you know, man. Mama Kelsey's swag surfing with Taylor Swift. I know that's that's what I can't believe either. <laughs> I, I I'll tell you what, that's something I would love to talk to her about. She's got to be like, how in the world did this ever happen with these two knucklehead sons? Uh, but it worked out. They're crazy. Uh, it's but that's that's why we do this stuff, man. That's sports. You never know what's gonna happen. And you never know in those early years 
how many guys do you see what uh, they, they go to college and then the way they develop? I mean, look at Brian Cook. You know, yeah. he goes where he started and then transferred into UC, came out of Mount Healthy. Nobody recruited that kid. He's a player. He's a player. Well, he's got plenty of time left in his career. Uh, well, we took what, a lot of turn on this thing. You, you, you did. I didn't think we would end Sorry. up with Brian. I didn't think we'd end up at Brian Cook, but here we are. <laughs> I got a special place in my heart for him, too. I, I love those kids that grind that way and that are diamonds in the rough and don't give up and pursue their dream and do it the way he did. And, and not only on the field, but, you know, he was a damn good student, too, at UC. I, I'm, I'm proud of that guy. Not that it means anything to him, but I'm proud of you. Well, one last topic, and uh, we'll we'll get out of here. Um, but the the Reds did make a a move here this past week, and brought a guy home. Uh, Brent Suter, left hand pitcher, uh, comes back. He, he attended Moeller High School here in the tri state area. Um, he is now a Cincinnati Red. Uh, last season, he was four and three with a three point three eight. ERA, 55 strikeouts, and 1.3, uh, 3.0 whip. Uh, nice piece for the bullpen, and bullpen is certainly something that struggled, but I understand that you have a, a little bit of a connection with one Brent Suter. It's crazy. I'm so happy about this. And, and I followed this kid, um, you know, he was at Harvard, really, really low draft pick for uh, the Brewers. And when you're a low draft pick in baseball, you know, the high draft picks, they push them up the ladder. It's yeah, like they go a pulse. They get to take the next step. The lower draft picks, not so much. You have to, like, earn everything you get. Uh, that's what Brent did. And uh, the, the crazy thing for me is one of my best friends in high school, one of my bed, I, I went, he and I rode to junior college together every day for two years. His father-in-law, my friend, Dennis Schaefer, his daughter ends up marrying. I remember Dennis talking to him and he's like, yeah, you know, my, uh, my daughter's the girlfriend of this guy that, that pitched at Moeller and he's at Harvard now and he just got drafted and da, 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 da. So obviously I got a big interest in this guy and then he makes it to the majors. I shared an apartment with Dennis in Mount Washington back in the early eighties when he was just out of college and starting his banking career, which, Oh my God, did he do well. And his wife's tremendous. They're great people. Um, you know, Dennis and Lynn are great people. His, his Aaron, his daughter, who's married to Brent. Um, the whole family's tremendous. And then the suitor side of the family is tremendous. And it, it's just kind of a fairy tale that, that Brent kept pushing his way up the ladder because he forced him to, because he kept getting people out. He's not overpowering. You know, he doesn't blow you away with anything. He just gets guys out. And so they had to keep pushing him up the ladder, and he finally made it to the majors. And I always, always wanted him to get back to Cincinnati and pitch for the Reds because he was a big Reds fan. Um, and it looked like he might go to the Cubs or somebody else this year, but he ended up 
with Cincinnati. I'm glad the Reds made this move because they still, you know, when Nick Crawl said they were pretty much done and didn't really right. anticipate right. any big moves, and it's like you guys still got money to spend. You got a bullpen that might need some help, and, and this is help for that bullpen. And I am a huge Brent Suter fan. I've talked to him a few times, and he is a tremendous human being. He's got a degree in something from Harvard that I can't even like pronounce what it's some kind of environmental thing, and he may have two degrees. He, he's he's just he's a unicorn as a baseball player when it comes to smarts. They call him the Raptor. Have you ever seen this Raptor act? No. All right, look it up. You'll see. Right. He, he he can walk like a Raptor and. Hey, that's that's what I, I didn't know he had that crazy sense of humor till he got to the major leagues and, and started doing this crazy stuff with the Brewers. And <laughs> he, he's he's smart as a whip and a character. And I'm so glad the Reds have him. And I'm so happy for for Dennis and his family and Brent and his family. I, I know his parents are over the moon. In fact, I think that's what they told my uh, former co-worker at WLWT, Olivia Ray, that they were over the moon about this move. And to have him come home and uh, have this uh, opportunity to help what should be a pretty good Reds team. I, you know, I said I can't wait till Saturday. I also can't wait till Red season. I might have to go down to Arizona one week and uh, check out some games. Well, the bullpen was not a not a huge weakness for them. Somehow they they figured it out last year. I don't. I still don't understand how they the, their bullpen did what they did last year. But yeah. left handed left handed pitching in the bullpen was was definitely a, a weakness. That was a huge need. You're right. Right. You're right. So do so you do, do you do T Rex impressions? I'm not. I'm not even touching that comment, George. We're not. We're not going there tonight. There's something I don't know, isn't it? We're not going there tonight. Is it T-Rex the rocker from the 70s? Or, no, uh, no, as in the dinosaur. But <laughs> anyway. So you do um, thing? <laughs> I don't have anything else here tonight. If, if you I'll don't have you anything. I'll hook, buddy, because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be dealing with Chad, right? Yeah, Chad and I will do uh, uh, another show after this. Okay, I'll let you go. Just let him know that I uh all right, I'm going to TikTok. Um I'm still here. Aaron, oh, okay. I can set wow. yeah, I said you disappeared. I thought you went out. I said out. Taylor Swift and Aaron kicked me out of the room. I did. I, I kicked him out. That's that's how oh, we do this. Well we can I, I we can dis, we can discuss your, your fog travel plans though here in the post show. Yes, I'm gonna uh, yes, I'm gonna find a uh, chat. I'll I'll be in touch. I'll let you know by tomorrow <laughs> at noon. I, I gotta go find out now, but I think I'm good. We can we can discuss this in the post show. I, I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up. Hey, can in I any... drive the van? Yes. Okay. Big shifts. All right. In cool. Because in, in any case, be drive. Have you made that drive? Uh, not all the way to Kansas City, but I drove to LA and back by myself. So. You I'm know good. what? I may just sit in the back and enjoy some. Oh, I'm not allowed to enjoy Cincy lights on the road, am I? Sure. I would, Isn't that illegal? Is that open container? Shh. I don't plan on getting pulled over. Good. You drive the speed limit, and I'll 
All right, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, congrats to the Cincinnati Bearcats on a hell of a win. 81-77 is your final against TCU tonight at home at fifth third. Uh, the next game coming up, though, is Saturday, 1 o'clock, tip-off at fifth third as well against Oklahoma. Uh, George, it doesn't stop. Just know, hey, you knocked off number 19. Line up number 14. Let's go. Do it. Do it. Who's, who's only out of the top 10? Because they lost to TCU. Hey, right. wait a minute. That was you in your seat tonight. I saw some guy, but you didn't have a hat on, and your hair's cut. So my hair's always like this, but That's I funny. had the, I had the my sock hat on tonight because it was cold as shit, <laughs> and I forgot to grab the baseball cap to put okay. on after I took the sock hat off. I'm like, I can't throw peanuts at that dude. I'm not sure that's Chad. No, that was me. I should have gone down and offered you another beer because I know you won't take it. So that saves me money. <laughs> no, it's exactly what the, your plan is to buy two, offer me one, and then go, oh, that's too bad. Now I got two. Hey, listen, I'll bring a cooler on Sunday. Bingo. All right. If, if you're like George and you want your own Cincy Lights, be sure to check out Remington Tavern. Uh, they are located yeah. at 8892 Glendale Milford Road, 45140, where they have daily happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m., $5 Woodford Wednesdays. You can find them on Instagram at RemyTav, R-E-M-I-T-A-V, Cincy with a Y, or follow them on Facebook. But until next Tuesday at 9 o'clock-ish, we'll, we'll see. We, we I'm sure we have a game again. Uh, but uh, we will be back here doing George in the Jungle one more time. Thanks for coming tonight, though. We'll see you next week. Thanks, man.